Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Welcome to Speaking Out for the Blind. I'm Brian McKellen. The organization called Leader Dogs for the Blind is located in Rochester Hills, Michigan. The mission of Leader Dog is to empower blind and visually impaired people with lifelong skills for independent and safe daily travel. This empowering is done through the organization's services, including orientation mobility training, guide dog training, and summer experience camp. Joining us to talk about Leader Dogs for the Blind is its outreach manager, Leslie Hoskins. Hi, Leslie. Hi, Brian. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for having me. So you're the outreach manager for Leader Dogs for the Blind. How did you speak out to get this job? So I started my career at Leader Dog for the Blind uh, six years ago as a certified orientation mobility specialist. And I truly enjoyed working with clients and spending time Um, out in the field and doing that, but I also really enjoyed the other aspect of our job, which was presenting at conferences and just sharing the overall leader dog mission. So this position came about recently and I was so excited about it that I jumped on it. And honestly, I have loved it. I still have the opportunity that I get to work with clients on the O&M side here and there, which I love doing, but I also get to share our message and spread the leader dog word with everybody. Um, And it's been a lot of fun so far. I met a lot of very, very interesting and cool people. So what is leader dogs all about? Just give us a little bit of history. So leader dogs for the blind was founded in 1939 by three Detroit area lions. We're located in Rochester Hills, Michigan, where we have a beautiful campus on about 14 acres. So our property was originally an apple orchard that we have converted into our beautiful training um, center. We have a canine development center that is brand new and has completely been remodeled within the last couple of years. And then we have our residence building where our clients would come and stay on property during their training. Um, So like you said, our mission and goal is to provide free services to empower people who are blind or visually impaired with lifelong skills for safe and independent daily travel. And that is truly what we've been working on since 1939. We're going to get into how the organization satisfies this mission in a second, but you mentioned Detroit Lions. Do you mean the members of the local Lions Club? Yes. So they were local to the Detroit area, kind of the suburbs of Detroit. Um, and they, I believe, had a friend who was visually in, visually impaired and had applied for a guide dog at a different school or somewhere else and either wasn't approved or couldn't make it work. And so in true Lions fashion, they kind of saw this need and they sought to fix it. So they kind of started the whole Leader Dogs for the Blind. So we talked about some of the programs. You mentioned them a little bit. There's orientation mobility training, which you used to do. Most importantly, there's guide dog training. And there's also a summer experience camp. I want to first talk about the guide dog training being that they, of course, you call the school leader dogs. So why not we talk about guide dog training? How does leader dogs for the blind offer one of the globe's most respected and most innovative guide dog programs? I think Leader Dog continues to offer a very respective and um, innovative program by continuing to listen to our clients. So we're incredibly fortunate that we have amazing donors, amazing volunteers and puppy raisers, 
And of course, most importantly, our clients. So our clients give us feedback all the time and we're continuously trying to, to up our skills and up our programs and make them better and unique and individualized for each person. We're also incredibly fortunate to have an amazing group of team members um, and instructors that work towards this mission. So our philanthropy and marketing team are always out there spreading the word and making it possible to provide these services free. And then of course, on the training side, our guide dog mobility instructors and our O&M instructors are working tirelessly every day to try to, to meet the needs of these clients and help everybody to become independent travelers. Can you give us some of your clients' success stories? Sure. So one of my favorite stories to tell um, personally about myself, I started at Leader Dog. My first experience was as a practicum student when I was learning how to be an O&M instructor. And um, I worked with a lady uh, for O&M and I spent a week with her and she, she made so many strides towards her goals in that one week and she was doing great. And I, you know, I never knew if I was going to see her again after I left. And when I came back for my internship a couple months later, she was there getting her dog, uh, her very first guide dog. And so it was amazing to hear her story and actually be a part of it with her that she had never even really used a cane before. She came in for cane training. She worked really, really hard that week and then went home and worked incredibly hard to meet her goals and to, to travel independently. And then she was able to come back and get her first guide dog. And it was so exciting and she was thrilled. She did amazing and her and that dog worked so long together um, and it, it changed her life. She was able to get out more. She made so many more friends cause she was out and about in town. Um, and it's stories like that, that happen every day. You know, leader dog really does change lives. It sounds like it does because she, was determined and did all that hard work to learn all those skills and it paid off. Absolutely. Now you mentioned personalized training. What's that composed of? So at Leader Dog, because every client um, has individual needs, we're really trying to make our programming fit for everybody or find something that's going to work for everyone. So currently we're offering our on-campus residential program where clients would come and stay on campus. But we also have an in-home delivery option for those who can't be away from home for an extended period of time. And then we have a flex schedule or program, which is kind of a combination of that on-campus and then in-home delivery. And another unique program that we have is our deaf-blind program. So it's a lot of individualized instruction um, and one-on-one -on -one time. Typically at the beginning of class, our instructors meet with the clients and talk through what their goals are and what they want to accomplish. And then together they really work towards that. So they're talking about what environments they need to go to and practice and what are some skills that they want to continue to work on. And together they develop that training and work through the process. Um, so it is very unique and it is completely personalized and that we really want to make sure our clients are meeting their goals. Let's talk about the canines now. You've got the sophisticated puppy raising, sophisticated breeding, and dog raising programs. Tell us about these programs and how they're this comprehensive. Yes, so we are incredibly fortunate to have so many amazing puppy raisers who dedicate a year of their lives to a puppy and financially support that puppy throughout their first year. I believe we have almost 500 puppy raisers without, within the U.S. that are out there raising dogs for us. 
Um, and then our breeding program, of course, is working tirelessly to continuously breed the best leader dog possible. Um, and that committee is compromised, comprised sorry, of six staff members, including vets, puppy development, breeding manager, and a guide dog mobility instructor. Uh, they also consult with geneticists, breeders, and reproductive specialists. So they're constantly trying to be innovative and tracking and keeping um, records of all of our dogs and any medical issues and things like that and trying to breed the best dog. As far as our dog raising program, I think that would kind of be considered our formal training. Um, that is when our puppy comes in after the first year of their life and they start formal training with our guide dog mobility instructors, which is about four months long. Um, and the GDMIs really work, you know, with those dogs one-on-one -on -one to train them and take them to numerous environments and make sure that their skills are generalized. So Leader Dogs is going to be able to match the clients with the dog that best fits their lifestyle, their travel pace, the stamina they have, and other considerations. What are those considerations? So our guide dog mobility instructors spend a lot of time reviewing client files and making sure they make a great match with the client and dog. Um, each match is unique along with the training experience. So many times the instructor starts taking the dogs to environments that they know the client is going to need prior to the client coming in for training. So for example, if a client lives on a farm, they're going to start taking that dog to a farm and, and around large animals or maybe if the client is a teacher, they're gonna take the, the dog around more kids and try to make sure that the dog's not gonna be easily distracted. But some of the special considerations that they take into mind are even just personality. So whether a person is gonna want a more energetic dog or maybe a more laid back kind of calm dog, They'll take into consideration um, somebody's height, their gait pattern, so if they have a limp or anything like that. Honestly, they really look at the full package of the client and, and try to just find the best match for them. They take a lot of pride in that matching process and it is very cool to, um, to witness. <laughs> Let's go on to orientation mobility. I understand that the training for that is a one-week residential program. Why is it just one week? And how's the program residential? I mean, it takes time for some of the blind and visually impaired folks out there to learn all the orientation mobility skills, right? Absolutely. So what's really uh, interesting about our O&M program, it being residential, meaning the clients come and actually stay on campus with us for a week, is that during that week, though, they end up receiving between 25 and 30 hours of direct instruction from a certified orientation and mobility specialist. So the great thing about it is that we can continuously build on skills. So for example, what somebody learned on Monday morning, Monday afternoon, we can quickly add on to those skills. So in a normal model, like an itinerant model of O&M, you may work with an O&M instructor um, one or two hours a month. And sometimes a lot of that time is spent reviewing what you learned last time. Well, in this really condensed version, we're continuously adding on because we have so much, so much direct time together. Um, so it does, it's very different from the normal O&M delivery. However, we found it to be incredibly successful. And we do also recognize that it's not uh, always enough or it doesn't mean that you necessarily graduate from O&M. We know that O&M is lifelong skills um, and you constantly kind of need to brush up or, 
you know, your environment changes, your eye condition may change, technology, intersections, so many things could change. So we do recognize that. We offer additional weeks to clients who need them. And ideally, we hope that our clients are going back home to work with an O&M instructor in their home area to generalize these skills that they've learned. So if we get a really good foundation of skills and then hopefully take them home and work just that little bit more with an um, O&M instructor for their own routes. So some of the skills are utilizing the white cane, using the sighted guide, which I understand is holding on to another person's arm, crossing the streets, and when you go shopping, ask the clerk for help. I was wondering about how the blind and visually impaired people, how you teach them to stay safe and get a person's help while shopping. It's a really good question and it's definitely unique to each client and depending on what their current skill level is and or um, what technology they're using, if they have any remaining vision, things like that. But a lot of the things that we would encourage our clients to do would be to call ahead um, and let them know that they're coming if possible. If you can't, you can't, but it's nice if you can give the store a heads up and request a personal shopper. Um, so typically you would request a personal shopper over the phone and or walk into the store and go to kind of the service desk and have somebody walk with you through the store. So in that situation, you would usually, the client would usually hold on to the um, cart, put their cane in the cart if they want to, or still use it on the side and then have a shopping list and kind of either read the shopping list off to whoever's assisting or if it's a written shopping list, you could hand it to them, but it is nice to actually walk through the store with somebody. Um, and then they can tell you any sales or things like that too. So for example, if you wanted to buy macaroni and cheese, it's nice if somebody can tell you, oh, well, the craft is on special this week and kind of give you all of your options. There is different technology too that you can have an app on your phone uh, to scan barcodes on, on items and, and things like that to tell you what it is. So there's a lot of different techniques. And of course, nowadays too, you can just order groceries and things like that online and have them delivered, which is a nice option. Um, but it's definitely doable. And if it is a goal of our clients, we will absolutely go to a grocery store, hopefully one that they travel to, you know, and, um, and practice. And I think it's really important to ask the clerk for public assistance to ask them, him or her, what's on the shelf, mm -hmm. you know, so, the, so that the blind or visually impaired shopper can figure out what to buy. Absolutely. It's, it's nice when you can go and practice with your O&M instructor and do kind of a mock trial um, and get all those questions out of the way and kind of learn what you want to ask and what information is going to be helpful to you. Um, but we also have done lessons where we go to the store and the O&M instructor kind of hangs back and lets the client do it independently, but is there in case anybody needs to, to assist in any way. But um, it is a great lesson and certainly useful. What are some of the additional services out there for both clients? And we can't forget the graduates. <laughs> yeah, so uh, one of the other programs we have is our summer experience camp, which you mentioned is for teenagers 16 and 17 years old. Um, it's really a really fun week to promote independence and leadership and just have a lot of fun meeting other teens like themselves. Um, we find that connections are often made there that carry on throughout years and then typically a lot of those teens come back for either our O&M program or our guide dog program. For our graduates, of course, we offer continued support um, and follow-up calls from any instructors or if they're having any issues, we are happy to help. We do have field reps that can go out and visit if need be. 
Uh, we also have our Facebook alumni group, which has been extremely successful, and uh, the clients have kind of helped each other and shared stories and tips and tricks, and really kind of building those relationships and making that a community. How might our listeners donate or volunteer with Leader Dogs for the Blind, or even become clients? And if you could elaborate on some of the eligibility requirements. Sure. So some eligibility requirements for coming for our programs would be 16 years or older um, to apply for any of our programs, legally blind, although I will say for our O&M program, sometimes there are some exceptions to that rule if you have a prognosis um, that is going to lead to blindness and things like that. Um, for a guide dog, you have to have good O&M skills and be able to travel safely and independently so that the dog can get out and work um, and be able to financially support that dog. So, and then if you're coming on campus for the residential programs, of course, we need to make sure that you have daily living skills in order to be away from home for an extended period of time. Um, and then as far as donating and or applying anything like that or becoming a volunteer, uh, you can do that at our website, which is leaderdog.org, or you can call our phone number at 888-777-5332. Um, and all of our programs and services, again, are free, including airfare. And we are so thankful to all of our donors who helped that, make that possible. Okay. Is there anything else you'd like to add? I think that's it. I'm so happy to have joined you today. I really appreciate it. And it was great having you here too, Leslie. We hope that Leader Dogs for the Blind continues to help the blind and visually impaired increase their independence and maybe even perhaps pair up with some best new friends. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Before we go, listeners, I welcome your comments on this program. Just visit and like me on Facebook at Speaking Out for the Blind or follow me on Twitter at Speak Out Blind or Speak Out for the Blind. You can also check out my website, that's speakingoutfortheblind.weebly.com. More information on today's show is posted there. Just look under the list of episodes and show news tab. My new email address is speakout at acbradio.org, and my show archive is at acbradio.org slash speaking dash out dash four dash side dash blind. Please note that there is a link located at the top half of the page and below the heading that says Home Speaking Out for the Blind, where you can subscribe to the podcast feed and listen to Speaking Out for the Blind shows, ranging from episode 94 to the present. You may also access the podcast feed at acbradio.org slash SOFTB. That's all for this edition of Speaking Out for the Blind. Thanks for listening, and remember to speak out. Here at ACB Radio Mainstream, we are always working to improve the quality of our programming. If you have any feedback about anything you have heard here on ACB Radio Mainstream, please let us know by sending an email to support at acbradio.org. That's support at acbradio.org. You are listening to ACB Radio Mainstream, connecting the blind community. we know the best choices to make and when we look back over our lives 
how do we know the choices that have most influenced us from who we have been to who we are today? Join me as my guests and I explore defining moments from there to here on the Inside Track. Wednesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern on ACB Radio Mainstream. I'm Debbie Hazelton. Hi, this is Daryl Lukes. I'm inviting you to join me for The Classical Show every Wednesday starting at 5 p.m. Eastern Time on ACB Radio Cafe with an interactive experience. Each week I'll be playing some great classical music for you. Everything from solo chamber works to large-scale symphonies. Composers from Bach, Beethoven, and Brahms all the way through Stravinsky, Vaughan Williams, and Copeland. It's all on The Classical Show, every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern. I hope you'll join me on ACB Radio Cafe with an interactive experience. ACB in action, where the heart and soul of ACB shines. They're working on the front lines and behind the scenes at all levels of leadership throughout our organization. Here's our opportunity to sit at the virtual table and learn about these movers and shakers among us. I'm Cindy, and I invite you to join me on Tuesdays at 9 p.m. for ACB in action. California, Florida, Iowa, Texas, guide dog users, students, IT professionals, government employees. The American Council of the Blind has members in all 50 states and is actively engaged in a wide variety of activities. We advocate for the education, employment, and social inclusion of all blind and visually impaired Americans. We publish a monthly magazine. We hold an annual conference and convention and operate a multi-channel internet radio station. Check us out at acb.org. Together, we can do anything. Hey, how you doing everybody? I'm Brian McKnight for RAD, recording artists, actors, and athletes against drunk driving. Give your keys to a friend, because friends don't let friends drive drunk. A public service message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council.